Hello and welcome to Where's Shaz, the podcast. I'm Shaz Ahmed and my mission is to empower, educate and inspire you with stories, knowledge and guests in the world of property, finance and business. So let's go. Hello once again and welcome to the podcast. So today's guest has been on my radar for quite a while. Uh, one, because I'm leeching all the free value, um, but more so because she clearly knows what she's on about, very passionate and just seems like a good person. Uh, Ina Bakalova is a social media consultant who works primarily with property investors. Ina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Shaz. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this. No, that's good. Thanks for coming on. Um, and hopefully we can uh, get some value from you, as you always do on social media as well. So... The first thing I do with all my guests is I ask them to share their mission statement. So why do you do what you do? Oh, that's a great question to start with. So I am really passionate about business and I'm really passionate about social media. Um, And my mission is to empower business owners to use and entrepreneurs and property investors to use social media and leverage it in a way that actually works for them and their business. So to attract investors, to attract their dream clients into their business. Um, and yeah, to have fun doing it. Sure. And I guess, look, you know, you're, you're at the stage now where you are known on an Instagram and so on, but what about your background and your journey to this point? What got you to where you are? Um, well, it's been quite roundabout to be honest. So I actually started off, um, in an industry completely unrelated to, to what we do now. I started working in software sales, um, in a big tech company, um, after I graduated and I was actually there for a year. Um, which I think is relatively long for me because I'm quite entrepreneurial and I'm very surprised that I, you know, lasted for a year in a job. Um, and I didn't really want to go into sales, but in retrospect, that stint in sales was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it was such a good training ground for what I do today and for running my own business. Um, and again, this is something I talk a lot about, about on my social media is, the things you learn in sales. So being persistent, following up, um, taking rejection every day, they're all things that you need when you're running your own business. Um, So that's where I started off. And then at that time, I also started investing in property um, and my dream was always to have a business. And um, I left thinking that property would be my business, Um, but I actually realized that property was more as a, a vehicle um, for me to, I guess, be financially free and then to start another business, um, which was social media, because during that time when I was building my portfolio, I realized just how powerful social media was and it just really blew up um, when I started using it. And I thought, well, this is something that I want to help people with. So I very much still do property um, and I invest for myself, um, but social media is my main business. Sure. So social media is your passion and you use property as a way to perhaps get there. Um, and it's interesting what you said about sales. I think the way I look at it, because I've worked in sales as well, is what you should be doing is get a lot of transferable skills to move on to other areas or what your passion actually is, which clearly you've done, which is amazing. So right, why social media is the main thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I think all great I believe that all great businesses start when there's a big why behind it. And if you've had like a personal transformation or journey in that area that, you know, lights you up and you just get really excited about 
helping other people to go through that um, journey that you went through. And that's exactly what happened with me. So when I was at the beginning of my kind of property investing career, I didn't enjoy networking. Um, I actually loved it. Like I love speaking to people and I love um, like <laughs> uh, meeting people. But in terms of business, I found it was really ineffective, right? I found that it wasn't a very good method of growing my business, of attracting investors. And so I decided to focus on social media instead and growing my personal brand. And that's like when things really took off. And as soon as I saw kind of the um, effects that it was having for me, I thought I just have to spread the word. And I did notice that in property, there were a lot of people who were doing social media, but they weren't using it to its full potential. Um, so I truly believe it's, it's such a wonderful tool when used well to build a community, um, to network. Like we, me and you, we haven't met, but we already kind of know each other through yeah. our content and we've connected. And to me, that's a lot more effective um, than networking because you kind of attract your people and you repel people that don't align with your values. And that's the great thing about it. So. Yeah, I agree. I think um, word of mouth, which is the old school thing, has been replaced by word of social media and that spreads quicker um, and it's, it's more cost effective. So, you know, going on Instagram is free. It doesn't cost you anything to do a post and give the value. Yeah. Um, and before we get into really deeper social media, I guess, why do you then did you focus on entrepreneurs and investors? Yes. Good. Oh, good question. So I fully believe that you should work with people who light you up. Um, and a lot of the work I do is you know, direct with clients one-to-one -one or in a group setting. And I need to be around people who energize me and the people who do are entrepreneurs and business owners because we're all so driven, um, you know, we're not negative. We don't have that victim mentality because if we did, we wouldn't succeed. Um, so I'm very passionate about helping people who are also driven and ambitious. Um, and I really think that when two people like that get together that's where the magic happens and i absolutely live for kind of the idea sessions and the consulting sessions i have with my clients sure so i guess what you're saying perhaps is there is a synergy between the people you work with and yourself because you share the same uh, passions and goals and so on right yeah of course and and like your values have to align with whoever you're working with otherwise there's going to be a lot of resistance and it's not going to be fun um so yeah awesome now, let's get a little bit deeper into some of the techniques and tips that people can hopefully get some value from and, and do themselves. So first of all, I guess, free content versus paid content. So why would someone want to give anything away for free if they could charge for it? Mm. Well, you must know this one, Shaz, because you do it too, right? Um, so really your free content is kind of just getting people into your ecosystem um, and it's showcasing your expertise. Um, but a mistake that a lot of business owners make is that they just give everything away and they just think that they have to, yeah, just give all of their knowledge and expertise for free. And um, what happens is they start feeling burnt out because they're just, you know, they're not getting paid for their advice and they start kind of giving up on social media. So that's why I always say there's no one way to do the split between um between free and paid content but there's no there's no kind of definitive split but i do suggest that there's like a strategy that you follow and generally your free content should 
be more general. So if you're kind of giving out specific advice in your DMs or, um, you know, in your content, I just see that as a bit of a disservice to your paid clients because that's what they pay you for. And secondly, you're going to start training your audience to like expect, you know, personalized advice from you, which it just sucks. It sucks your energy. Have you had that? all the time so one of the things i don't do and you've told me to stop doing it or do it more is i don't put a call to action on anything so i'll give the free content general or specific and i'll never say if you want more information contact me directly um and that yeah that leads to people then dming me with their personal circumstances on an instagram dm you know going over two screens worth of a message and then i feel indebted to help out anyway um so yeah do you want to highlight the importance of a call to action because that is something i don't do Yes, yeah, I'd love to talk about calls to action, but firstly, I'd love to just dive a little bit deeper into that because <laughs> I I totally feel you, Shaz, and that is where I've been and where a lot of my clients have been with social media because with your free content, you want to help people. You like That's the whole point of building that community. And I, I was like you where I just, I really wanted to help in the DM, so I would spend ages giving personalized advice. Um, and really the solution here is setting clear boundaries so not not depriving yourself of doing calls to action because you want to drive that interest and that traffic somewhere and we'll talk about that in a in a second but um just setting clear boundaries so if you get those when you get those personalized dms and you get you know interest you say i would absolutely love to help you with this this is something i help my clients with and then drive them to you know they them looking at how they can work with you yeah um but really getting into that like habit of giving out free advice i just think it ends badly for both parties because as i said it's a disservice to your paid clients it's a disservice to you because your energy is all over the place but also to the people asking for that advice they're not getting the full solution they're just getting you know yeah you typing a message they're not getting the full service so i mean one thing I've started doing to combat that is um, as soon as possible or maybe after one message or two messages, just try and take the conversation offline to say, look, now you're asking for something really, really tailored to you. I don't know anything about you or enough about you to recommend something. Let's talk about this on the phone. Here's when I'm free. And that seems to work. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel that. And yeah, I think like you said, you end up feeling burnt out is definitely right because you're giving it all away. Um so I think for me, I try and play the long game, as it were. My strategy is just give it out. And if someone likes you enough, they'll they'll come and deal with you, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But then if you're giving it all away, you're going to have a lot of people who are just tire kickers, who've already got a mortgage broker, but they just want a second opinion because clearly you're giving it all away. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem because it's got to be a return on time invested as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And um, I would really just say like a kind of a rule of thumb is that your free content is... Um, more general and it's just like you know maybe some quick wins or some tips and then your paid clients they get advice that's specific to their circumstances their business and is more in depth um and your free content can be more of the what and the why so why you need to do something and what that thing is but not the how and like with your clients you actually work on the implementation and the how sure um, and can we talk about perhaps then just good examples of call to actions without being then a proper just a salesperson? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, firstly, another thing I work with my clients on is just kind of eradicating this belief that you are just selling, 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 because 
all you're doing is sharing your gifts with the world and your work with the world. And of course, like the compensation is just for that exchange of energy. You're not like some snake oil salesman or something. There's, there shouldn't be shame around selling what you're doing. And that's something that we work on. Um, and that being said, of course, you should have a call to action. You are giving away all the free stuff in that post, in that piece of content you've done. And there's going to be people in there that that's all they want. And that's great. They can consume that. And there's going to be people that want to take it to the next level. And it's just, you know, giving them a place to go and telling them, hey, look, if you want more support on this, if you're looking for the next step, this is what you need to do. And the anatomy of a good call to action is really just being super clear. So pointing out who you're talking to. So if you're this type of person um, looking for this, then please do this and then direct them to wherever you want them to go. So do you want them to DM you? Do you want them to just engage? There's lots of ways it can go, but don't not do calls to action. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. Um, and we're going to go through this, by the way, in, in no real order, but I've got a list mm -hmm. of things I do want to cover. So I've noticed a lot of people when they're starting out on social media or they make a decision, right, I'm going to I'm gonna do social media, whatever doing social media is. Um, sometimes they want to use what they call a social media calendar, which kind of just says, on Wednesday, share your Wednesday wins. On Monday, Motivation Monday. What are your thoughts on that? Because I've got an opinion on it, which I'll share after you tell me what you think. <laughs> I was going to ask you to go first. Go, you go first. <laughs> Okay, so I'll go first. I think, um, yeah, when you're starting out, I think it definitely helps with consistency and being present and showing up. But I think it can also be a problem with perhaps being authentic because if on a Monday you're posting motivation, then you're only doing it because your calendar says to post a quote. And then also, for example, what if you had a win on a Thursday? You're going to wait till the next Wednesday to post about it. I think it becomes a, it can become a bit of a... Um, it weighs you down in terms of your content because... But then on the bat, on the on the flip side, yeah, it helps you with consistency and ideas. That's my thoughts. Yeah, that, I would agree with that. Um, I guess there's two things to touch on there. So firstly, um, it's actually the type of content. So wins and motivation Mondays and all of that. I would say that's not deep enough, and that's not really the type of content that's going to work for your business. And again, that's something I love. Um, kind of going into detail with, with my clients and I do it a lot in my free content is what type of content should you actually be posting that's going to attract those people and more importantly that's going to convert them so it's going to um, persuade them to take the next step um, and to take action I would say those examples they're way too surface level and we need to go a little bit deeper um, so that's one point and then the second point is um, you said it, did I understand that you believe it feels inauthentic? Is that right? To me it does, yeah, because I know then that you're only, you're only posting it because your calendar says on a Monday, post about motivation, or on a Wednesday, post about win, or on a Thursday, post about travel, because it's alliteration. So yeah, to me it doesn't seem real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. I think um, like your audience, your community, they can feel that, and if they feel that something is routine and forced then it's just not as engaging and i'm here to say like we all get into a funk with social media and a big part of of social media isn't so much about strategy even though that's important it's how you feel about what you're talking about and do you feel fully aligned with the message you're putting out and when you don't it comes across and like 
you know, my, my, my sort of rule of thumb is if you're bored by your content, then your audience is probably bored as well. So I completely agree with you. If you kind of sense that someone's just following this sort of rigid structure in their content, it comes across and they're probably not going to get much result from that. Yeah, I mean, I can confess. So right now it's the middle of Ramadan. Um, so although I'm, I'm still present, I'm still doing business. Uh, my content isn't isn't great, and I've only I mean I only post like three times a month anyway. If I'm honest, I engage more in in the DMs, but right now my content is boring, so I'm actually not even posting because I know it's just it's not what I normally do. So I do I do feel I think people will notice when you're slacking, and if you set yourself a certain level, you do have to to hit that level all the time. If you go on my page now, it's all black and white, whereas before it was colourful and actually effort in in the graphics. So yeah, I, I confession time there. Um, <laughs> One thing you've been really good at, you know, is using Instagram Reels, and you've had a lot of success from from my position looking in. Um, has it worked for you? And what's the, what's the approach? Because the approach, I believe, is different to doing just a video on Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. So with Reels, and um, with anyone I work with, I never want to impose one way of doing something because um, social media has to feel good for you, and if you're like finding reels a bit uncomfortable when you don't want to do them I would never say like you have to do reels the benefit of them is that um it's a new like um type of content a new format that Instagram is really pushing so the algorithm is currently favoring reels because Instagram is competing with TikTok they just want more people on Instagram and they're pushing reels so what that means is when you post a reel, if it's good, it's naturally going to get, more, it's going to reach more people than when you just do a post on your feed. So my argument is we should be making use of that extended reach. Um, so if if you have an idea for how you can put a piece of content that you usually put in just a post, just have a little brainstorm. How can I put that into a real format? Um, and just a quick example. So for example, carousels are really effective um but what you can do is just have the carousel content as a reel so it's pretty much the same content you're just doing it in a different format um and you'll reach more people so that's one way to think about it the reason i love reels and it works for me is because it lets my personality come out and my humor and i love doing that um and i love kind of highlighting all of the sort of things we don't talk about in property and business and kind of having a laugh about it. Um, so really it's just a case of like finding what your take is and putting that in reels. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so there's two types of reels, at least that I see. Mm -hmm. uh, ones are similar to what you do where there's, there's a punchline, there's a bit of humor. <laughs> and I guess that gets more, just gets more eyeballs to you and your page and people be like, okay, what do you actually do? And the other ones I see are where people put in their fingers with so like five key things about X, Y, and Z, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> they're more informative but again i think you've got to keep it light a reel couldn't be a deep dive into you know a mortgage application or something because it's not that kind of format is it i suppose that's spot on Chaz. like and i think that's a pitfall that a lot of people actually make is trying to fit too much into a post don't overcomplicate it and just my sort of rule of thumb is one thing has to happen okay so in a reel let's just say one thing has to happen you're making one point and um just as an aside on those like pointy ones i've i i find filming them really really <laughs> awkward even though i think the audience loves those ones because it's like you know five quick tips or three quick tips but actually filming them i find quite difficult so if you're someone who 
can do that i fully <laughs> urge you to do it i just find it really hard awesome and just to, i mean you've mentioned it twice actually just to highlight that so i think i guess i'd say it's important to focus on content that you you enjoy doing and are good at so for example for me i'm not a big fan of getting on video um mm-hmm. unless it's a live with someone else i'm cool with that but talking into camera directly into camera that's not for me uh, i think i'm better at written word and graphics so i stick to that mm-hmm. um so is is that fair to say if you're not comfortable or you know good at something perhaps just don't do it and stick to what you are good at um i think it, there's a fine balance and um one thing i would say is that i'd absolutely love for you to get on video even if it's not reels i know it can be uncomfortable at first but when you're it's one thing doing a post where it's written word and you're showing off your expertise and that's all well and good but people want to see your face and i say this all of the time people just want to see you on stories even if it's not on your feed like you talking at the camera at least just on stories um i i would say that's kind of like the bare minimum and you'll get really really great results if you just show your face on stories maybe not every day but every other day um and it doesn't have to be a fancy reel that you've put lots lots of time into it's just behind the scenes of you in your office recording a podcast and just you know giving your commentary yeah sure so basically just get get over yourself and put some pictures out there right um (laughs) no they're obviously it's the thing with social media is that it's more complex than that like we all come up against our sort of limiting beliefs and things that we think about ourselves and it's just working through that and then the kind of strategy comes easy. So really delving deep into why don't you like being on camera? Is it, you know, you're not happy with the lighting, maybe use a filter or is it actually, I don't know what to say, or I don't speak about what I do passionately enough. Like there's lots of different reasons and it's just like getting to the crux of the issue so that you can kind of eliminate that. <laughs> love it, love it. Right, you know, I know you're very passionate about this. Um, so am I, actually. I, I tend to mock people. So for anyone thinking of buying fake followers, um, why is this a bad thing to do? And how could you spot someone who has fake followers? Oh, I am like a detective. I love this stuff. But um, I actually have a story on uh, a highlight on my Instagram. Um, I believe it's on the Instagram tip section, you can actually go in and I'll do I do a quick audit of someone's account. Um, and it's fairly easy to spot. So basically, if someone's got a lot of followers, but their content isn't that good, then that's the first sign. And then when you start looking into that actual content, even if they've got a ton of likes and comments, they can be bought as well. So just like quickly looking at those likes and comments, if a lot of the comments are just like a couple of emojis, and are really general, and then you go into the person who's left that comment, and they also have a similar looking account, then that likely means that that whole account is a load of fake engagement. And that's just probably the worst thing you can do for your social media, because those people, those fake followers that you're buying, they're not real. So someone who isn't real isn't going to buy from you. Um, That's one thing. And also it really poorly affects your engagement, like the algorithm will spot it. And it just means that when you do create content, it's not going to reach the right people. So you're really shooting yourself in the foot there. Um, and I guess there's a few things around falsifying a number. So there's fake followers. And I think, yeah, easy to spot. I've Someone WhatsApp me saying, Shaz, he's got fake followers, right? So I looked at the, this guy's account, 30,000 followers. But the average kind of likes or engagement on every post, about 10 likes and two comments, fake followers, right? That's one yep. thing. 
Um, one thing I've noticed though is, and this isn't fake, I mean, it's when I post about the podcast, for example, and a hashtag podcast or something like that, I'm guessing there's some podcast bots because I get generic stuff post commented on there saying, promote this on X, Y, and Z. That happens, so there's bots as well that do it. But also, I've been invited in the past to, I think what they call like engagement pods, um, mm-hmm. where it's like a WhatsApp group, and it'll say basically, as soon as someone posts, let us know, and we'll all go and like the post or comment on the post. What do you think? Um, I think there used to be merit in those, like maybe like three years ago. Um, it really depends on if, like, it's marginally going to help your engagement, but I believe um, that Instagram will probably spot that it's the same people that are like, you know, constantly engaging. And I just asked the question of, are they going to leave like something um, kind of useful or interesting, or are they just gonna like it and leave a really general comment? Yeah, and it's it's actually really easy to tell about engagement groups on LinkedIn, I've noticed, because if you then click on that person's profile, LinkedIn just shows you the last activity. And if all of them say the same thing, great share, then you know they're, they're part of the pod. Um, yeah. I, I, can, I can't fathom why someone would want to do that. Now, you mentioned the word algorithm. Can we talk about the algorithm? I think some people care too much about it. For me, I think if your content is good, then your content is good. It doesn't matter if it, it, it's not got that many likes or engagement, because when you do get bigger and better, people will still see that content. But um, yeah, your thoughts, because you're the expert, I'm just talking too much. No, you're not, I completely <laughs> agree. Like, yeah, you, you that's spot on. Um, again, my personal experience with this and something I kind of just always tell people to watch out for is that focusing on the vanity metrics, so things like likes and to an extent comments, it's, it's just gonna kill your consistency. And that's what it did with me is when the algorithm, so naturally we are getting less engagement on our posts because we're reaching fewer people. Um, And when you see that starting to happen, if you let that affect your consistency and you start thinking my content's not good, then you're just gonna stop posting altogether. So really, I would just urge you to just, just not look at that. Don't look at the engagement and the likes. Imagine Instagram already had that feature where we didn't see the likes and just post your content and get it out into the world. Um, the most important thing is to be consistent. So yeah, you were spot on with that. Just be consistent. Um, and what about cross-posting? So I know like, for example, um, let's just say LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, are three kind of bigger platforms. Um, do you think people should adapt their content based on the platform or just post on all three at the same time with the same content? Yeah, I mean, there's you can answer this in lots of ways. It really depends on the resources you have at your disposal. Um, the bottom line is, is your content has to be good. And that means that each platform has its quirks and cross posting probably wouldn't account for kind of the the slight tweaks you need to make. Um, so I would say if you have a team or you have the capacity to be tweaking your content and kind of making it personal to that platform, then definitely do that. Um, yeah, it just depends on your capacity, but I'm all for focusing on one platform and getting it right and then moving to other platforms rather than trying to master all of the platforms at once because for most people they have limited capacity and it just ends up being a half-assed result. Totally agree. Um, now, you know, you, you've had a lot of success in Instagram Reels as we've talked about. On Instagram, um, when I do carousel posts, they tend to work for me. Mm-hmm. Are there any other kind of little hacks or little kind of 
bits that people can work on perhaps to get, I won't say easy wins because they're never easy, but just to get a head start? Yeah, so I um, I am kind of a, not against hacks, but I just feel like anytime you spend focusing on hacks or like yeah. being like me, which is when I used to like YouTube all of the latest hacks, and it's like <laughs> the time you're spending doing that is just taking away from you doing activities on social media that are actually going to generate you results. Um, so I'm not going to give specific hacks, but in terms of like a quick win, if I were to give some top tips, it's like you'll see a lot of <laughs> results from being yourself and being vulnerable. And this is like a, a whole other topic. I'm not saying to like post your whole personal life on social media and it's like a an evolution for everyone like i'm still getting comfortable with being vulnerable but you'll find that when you're vulnerable online and that means just sharing things that you're ready to share so not like not things that you're going to depend on people's reaction to determine how you feel can i ask something that's relevant to what you said there mm -hmm. so uh, as we're recording this i know yesterday you put a few stories up around I guess, equality and how people treat other people, men versus women. No, I'm sorry, not men versus women. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong way of putting it. But perhaps, you know, how you've been treated and how that makes you feel. Um, and then you followed it by saying, well, I've lost a few followers already. Mm -hmm. So again, people reacted to that. And now clearly that wasn't something you intended to do or cause a reaction, but it was you just letting out your feelings. Um, did you get any, I guess, response in your DMs around saying, why, why are you posting this? Or Oh, yeah. Anything? Oh, yeah, got so many haters. Um, yeah, no, look, I got a ton of lovely messages from both men and women who obviously understand the problem and are super supportive. And then I got a few people that took offense to it. And uh, like, literally, that's just me alienating people that don't share my values. And I don't really want them in my community. So um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It was just interesting, because I saw it yesterday. Um... And I just wondered what what the feedback was, as it were, to, to you directly. Now, uh, next question is about the aesthetic. So I know a lot of people focus on how their feed looks or they're trying to do a grid post, that kind of thing. Uh, it's a bit of a loaded thing because for me, for example, I, I like using graphic software, you know, Photoshop and that. So for me, it doesn't take that much time to do something graphical. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, if someone's going to take an extra hour to do a post, is it a good use of time? So how much focus should you give on the visuals? Yeah, I mean... People aren't going to buy from you depending on how pretty your feed is, right? <laughs> That's the bottom line. They're going to buy from you or invest with you because of what you say and your act the actual substance of your content. So the visuals are secondary. Um, again, it all depends on your resources. Like if you have a VA or someone who's able to um, make it look pretty, then yeah, why not? But like if you're spending like an hour tweaking a post and making it look pretty that's not gonna generate any revenue so just get it out like get the get the content out and that will do the work for you don't spend too long on the graphics yeah and i think the other thing with that is as well is when you see uh, feeds where people have deliberately for example every third post uh, is, a, is a is a quote for example again it just limits what they can post because every third post has to be a quote otherwise their feed is gonna go to pot so yeah i don't I do it because for me, it's it's something I'm familiar with in terms of graphics. But yeah, don't focus too much on it. Yeah, I would I would just say, Shaz, I would just say like make it easy on the eyes. <laughs> That's just the one thing. Like yeah. you don't want to have too many kind of 
clashing colours. We just want to focus on the main information. Sure. And with Instagram then, just before I move on to the next question, mm-hmm. I've noticed a shift actually. So when Instagram first started, it was about people being photographers, you know, um, food pictures or pictures of landscapes mainly. And then as it's developed and people have used it for different reasons, I've noticed a lot more now text-heavy posts, so big, bold text with a headline. What works now? Is it pictures of faces or headlines or just, again, like you keep saying, good content? Yeah, and I, I appreciate that's quite broad, but yeah, good content. Like the days of posting a pretty photo with like no real kind of substance in the caption or no value, they, they're kind of gone. People are craving the authenticity and the like, learning that comes with that so it's just adding value it's providing value in your content and engaging with your um with your audience so there's no like one type of content format but i do believe that we need to see your face we just need to know who's behind the account that doesn't mean that every post has to be of you but you do have to be present in your feeds like please don't hide behind your logo because you are your business and we want to see that Definitely the personal touch. I think once I lose a lot more fat, I'll do more selfies again. Um, one thing I tested, right, uh, and this is with this definitely was a vanity metric, but I was just bored. Is a month or two back, I started every post. The caption started with the word "Save me," mm-hmm. and I noticed the amount of saves that I was getting was rapidly going up. I mean, it, the content was good. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't happening on the other posts. It was on the ones where I directly said, save this post. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. People do as, as they told and clearly they read the captions. So yeah, the content has to be good, has to be eye-catching, visually appealing, and actually has to have some substance to it. Um, you know, one thing you're good at, and I've noticed this, is, and I'm guessing you do this for your clients as well, is helping them build a community. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that is important, and how can someone start developing that? Yeah, great question. So it's it's important because it's, it's a great way to do business, and, you know, you, you can build a community before you even have a business. And you can then create your business around that community and what they want. And that's exactly how I started. So when I first started on social media, I didn't have a business. I wasn't selling anything. I was just sharing my experiences and talking about, you know, what I want to talk about. And I built a community around that. And then I looked at what do they want? Like, what do they want to buy from me? And I created my whole business and my service around that. And it's just been it's just an excellent way to do business because you're not launching or creating in a vacuum. You've actually got real people who you're working with um, to create something. So I think it's it's a great way to start. It's a fun way to actually run a business. And I believe it's like accessible to anyone. Um, you know, we're in this age where I think it's the uh, a thousand true fans theory. I forget who came up with that. But the theory is, is that you only really need a thousand true fans to have an 100k a year business, really. Um, so that's not a big community. You just need people who are actual like fans and who want to hear from you to build a business. OK, sure. Um, and, you know, I've noticed you've done, I think, is it one, maybe two webinars for free where kind of you gave people as much advice as possible, generically, of course. How did they come about? What was the feedback like and any more planned for the future? Oh, yeah. So I've got um, I will be doing one soon, actually, maybe in a couple of weeks. Um, Again, this is an example of like using your community. I just I wanted to create another um, kind of I call it like a hype event. um, And 
I was thinking, I don't really know what to talk about. So I just put a poll out just saying, these are my kind of four topics that I'm thinking, which one are you most interested in learning about? And I got an overwhelming interest for um, the roadmap of going from zero to 10K on social media. So that's profit, not followers. Um, so that's likely what my next uh, webinar will be on because my community wants to learn that. Um, so that will be in a couple of weeks. So it's interesting, actually, and that's good. I didn't realise you were crowdsourcing your topic, which, again, it's all full circle. Is that you know, you're asking your community, they, they tell you what their pain point is, and you're going to do a webinar based on that, on what they want. So why wouldn't they attend? Um, yeah, of course. Now, when you work with investors and you're kind of specifically what I imagine you help them with everything we've discussed. But yeah, how do you structure that? What do they get out of it when they work with you? Yeah, so I, do, I work with a lot of, um, I guess, <laughs> property investors and developers um, just because I understand property and I've actually worked for um, some big developers in the past before I started this business. And I help them to attract investors on social media. And I absolutely love it because I say like for most of us, we have at least like at the very minimum, at least one investor right now in our audience, but likely many, many more. And for a lot of the property people that I work with, it's just a case of they're not doing the right type of content. They're just not, they're not um, showing their expertise enough in a way that's going to make those people who are already in their audience reach out to them and ask, how can I get involved? How can I work with you? Um, so that's what I really do. And I do that for, you know, any type of business owner. Um, we just look at who is your dream person? Who do you want to work with? And we work on attracting them into their business. So that's good. So, I mean, what I've noted down from that is with the people who are looking to raise money, you essentially help them become or appear investable on social media because I think the common thing I see on Instagram from people is I've got this project, I need 30 grand and I'm going to offer you a fixed return of 10%, which is a great headline, but actually if there's nothing back in it, if there's no track record, if there's nothing to show that mm -hmm. they can deliver what they're saying, then it's meaningless. Um, and also whilst, I've, whilst I'm on this point and because I'm on my soapbox, um, people have to be a bit careful is I'm pretty sure with the FCA regulations mm -hmm. you can't offer fixed returns for a fixed rate of interest for money um I'm FCA approved I could do that if I wanted to but most people can't so you've got to be very careful how you word that and position that um are you finding then that is the most common thing people come to you for is to say that I need to attract money or other people's money um for property yes like really it ties down to your business goals right so if you're someone who your kind of goals for the next 24 months or further is to grow your property portfolio then like and you don't have the funds then yeah likely we'd be looking to raise private finance with your content but let's just say that you're all set with investment then and you're looking to grow another business so maybe you are an architect or you have a property trading business then we'd likely use your social media to that end there's lots of um ways to think about it it depends who's in your audience um and what your business goals are but yeah for for a lot of property people it is to to raise investment okay perfect and a lot of what we talked about today i think everything really um isn't going to cost anyone any money right um are there any major benefits then to doing paid for stuff for example like facebook ads instagram ads that kind of thing mm, yeah good question so firstly yes it doesn't it doesn't cost you any time to post on instagram but it does cost you something 
more expensive, which is your time. So, yeah. so yeah, it is free advertising, but you've got to think about the amount of time it takes to, to do free content. Um, of course you can start pumping a load of money into Facebook ads, but I always say that Facebook ads are there to amplify something that's already working. So if you've just started your business, you don't, you haven't really gained any traction yet, or you don't have significant like people, clients coming in, then Facebook ads are just going to amplify that. So really you want to get everything like right before you pump money into Facebook ads. Now, my approach is that I would rather build an organic community. Um, that's just a personal preference, but I just love that. And I love kind of interacting with my people and I want to grow it even bigger. Like I want to have thousands of people in my community. Whereas if you're someone who doesn't really want that, then of course you can go down the paid advertising route, but it's almost like you have to spend like five grand to get seven grand back. And you need to have that kind of initial investment to be able to put into ads, um, which a lot of people don't have, which is why it's most people will start with an organic community and then when they're ready they can start doing paid advertising perfect no and i like what you said at the start of that as well is um factor in time uh, so it's time money as well as effort you've got to have a return on everything that you're putting in um you know by the way thanks for all all the stuff you've spoken about today it's been really wonderful um you mentioned there already but just if we can detail what your future kind of plans on a personal let's say five ten year level from the business Oh, five, ten. I haven't thought about five to ten in a long time. But no, so really my plan with property is to just acquire, firstly, to set up the systems in my property business. So I've set, I've been great with systems in my social media business and that's all really smooth now. But with property, I, I would like to set up the system so that I can acquire more properties than I currently am. Um, the plan is really to acquire two or three HMOs a year, so nothing big, um, just to provide that financial security. But really my big focus is on my social media business, which I'm just growing. Um, and I have some kind of big revenue goals, but ultimately it's just to work with more people and to help more people. Cause I can see so many people in my community that I'd love to help. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Perfect. And what do you do in terms of like self-development? Any specific books or people that you follow oh so yes i'm well i consume books but i do i've spoken about this on my social media i do feel like the personal development ones they're just very similar do you find that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i'm a little bit bored of the books but i've actually found reading things that aren't personal development like spirituality and and kind of doing that inner work that's been a lot more useful than kind of the surface level personal development stuff. And I recently joined my first mastermind. Yes. Um, yes, I've not invested in a coach before. So that was really scary. But I thought if I'm kind of coaching and consulting people, I should probably have my own coach. So that's been an amazing experience. It was really scary, but I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, and I think you mentioned that there, it was a you know, relative quite a high cost to it as well, which is something you'd have to invest in. So. Mm -hmm. I'll be look. I'll be kind of watching intently to see what happens uh, with that. Um, what I mean, what would you say? I wouldn't say learnings, but perhaps changes or or developments during lockdown that you're going to carry on moving forward as we're easing out of lockdown. 
Um, probably drink less. <laughs> <laughs> as in, as in, I haven't. I've not really been drinking at all throughout this lockdown. Um, and I've just been super focused because there's not many social events going on, and I'd love to carry on that discipline um, when it all starts up again. And just be like, I know it's cliche and we've all said it but just be more present like I've always enjoyed the little things like spending time with my family a good cup of coffee um I just continue to do that because we've got everything we need I think sure um and you said at the start of of this podcast actually that you know you used to go to networking events and you weren't so comfortable as and when these things start happening again because during lockdown you've built your community now and you've got a presence would you go back to physical networking Probably no, Shaz. I'm just going to be <laughs> completely honest. I do feel like everyone goes through this sort of like, when you're a newbie, you just go ham on the networking. And I think it's great. But I think you then build your network and you have that network. So you, you can just kind of use it when you need to and you don't actually need to go and meet new people. And I really do feel like I'm at that stage. Like I feel so supported and I, I just feel like, you know, whatever problem we encounter in property which is a lot a lot of them then you know I have someone to to call on to pick up the phone to and to get advice from so probably no probably not I mean I was that newbie so when I started um kind of just doing this self-employed I had no clients at all so I had to go all in you know it's all or nothing so I went to pretty much every networking event in South Wales and a lot in Birmingham as well um but you're right you get to a position where you're not going there to to gain anything as such you're going to, have to give value and actually mm-hmm. if you can do that from sat, sat at your house you know then do you need to go I'll probably still go to some because I do like seeing people face to face as opposed to zooms and things but I totally feel what you're saying there now as we wrap this up you know this has been really great any kind of final words and do you want to share your contact details please yeah of course so really the best place to find me is on Instagram so at Ina Bakalova or just if you type in Ina and property, I don't think there's any other Ina in property, so I should <laughs> that I know of, so I should come up. Um, and yeah, I do a lot of free content on there, and I love getting to know you guys. So one thing I always say is that I always have time in the DMs. If you have a question or you're interested in working with me, I'll always have time for you to assess if it would be a good fit. Um, so yeah, I'd love to see you there. Perfect, Ina. Thank you again for your time. I'm sure there's at least something someone can implement from what we've spoken about today um and yeah hopefully catch you soon yes thank you shaz been lots of fun wow so i lost count of how many actionable tips and tricks you gave out there definitely get in touch with her did you enjoy the episode please let me know by leaving a review on apple podcasts or connect with me on socials at where's shaz until next time be humble be grateful be peaceful.